And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, with the Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program with us. We have a great program prepared for you today as we continue making our way through the book of Ezekiel, chapter 44. Today's message is called Holy Ministers, as we look at Ezekiel, chapter 44. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for our understanding of your word as we travel through the book of Ezekiel. We just just celebrate, Lord, all the people have tuned in. And we just pray as we go on this journey together that we will grow in our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministries. And again, we thank you for being part of our chapter in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 44, with a message titled, Holy Ministers. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's good to be back on the mic. Yes, brother. As always, excellent to be with you all. And uh, Nathan, what exciting times we are entering. And I don't know about the weather in Texas, but here in Florida, it's starting to look a lot like Christmas. It's actually getting cold. Yeah, well... We're, you're probably wondering why are we talking about Christmas, folks. I know you're, this is probably after Christmas by the time it airs, but Vic and I want to get a little ahead for the Christmas season, right? Exactly. Just in case someone wants to send us presents. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about uh, torment and wrath of God, man, I found this really interesting story today. It's about a Turkish uh, lawmaker. His name is Hassan Bitmez, B-I-T-M-E-Z. Now, he was giving this speech recently, a, you know, very anti-Semitic, virulent against Israel. He says, even if history remains silent, the truth will not remain silent. They think that if they get rid of us, there will be no problem. However, if you get rid of us, you will not be able to escape the torment of conscience. Even if you escape the torment of history, you will not be able to escape the wrath of God. So here's a guy who's, who's claiming that the wrath of God needs to fall onto the Jewish people uh, just for existing, you know, for this war with trying to rescue the hostages from Hamas and all. And what happens? He steps off the podium, has a heart attack, collapses and goes into critical condition. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I think God was, has a commentary with this story. Yeah, Nathan, God will not be mocked. You know, Nathan, people today, they make the mistake of, of, of um, neglecting the word of God and what God says in his word. Uh, the Jews are the apple of his eyes. Uh, uh, I know right now they're in somewhat backs in a backsliding stage, but God's plan for Israel has not changed and it will not change. Absolutely. And that's what, folks, we're reading in the book of Ezekiel. We're up to chapter 44 now. We're reading about the millennial kingdom and the millennial temple and how those Jews who will be saved during the tribulation time period and their children will become a priestly people, as God promised they would be. And so all this hatred against the Jewish people we know today is satanic because Satan does not want God to fulfill his promise to the Jewish people. And that's why he wants the Jewish people wiped off the map, as the Palestinians say. They want them destroyed, all dead, because then the Jewish people 
couldn't fulfill God's promises and God will be thwarted. But God can never be thwarted. And if this guy's guys like Hassan Bitmez can go up and use God's name against the Jewish people, I think God was sending a message to the world there. Uh, you will not use my name in vain. I will protect my people. Even if my people don't call on me yet, they will and my will will be done. So it just that story blew my mind. I had to share it with you. No, Nathan, and I appreciate that because maybe someone is not fully aware of what's going on in Israel, even right now with Hamas and the and the and the war there and the attacks and everything else. And they, you know, people have to understand. Looking back at history, Satan is behind a lot of this, but he is using uh, the Islamic nations to be that. Uh, uh, adversary, if you will, against God's people. Uh, they're blinded in hatred, and that's why God will protect uh, Israel, regardless of what Hamas is planning. Absolutely. You know, behind the forces of this world are spiritual forces, uh, principalities and powers we read about and uh, by Paul wrote about. And uh, we know that the world, a lot of the human politics are motivated by spiritual warfare. So yes, this desire to wipe out the Jewish people, the Palestinian uh, supporters protesting in London, in Harvard, and all around the world. Uh, either they know and are just filled with hatred, or they're ignorant of the history and don't understand what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, but uh, we know from a, what the Bible teaches that this is a spiritual battle. And so it's kind of really comforting to, you know, when you see today so much hatred for the Jewish people, that we could read Ezekiel chapter 44 and others uh, from 40 to 48 and be like, wow, God still has a purpose for the Jewish people. He will bring them to salvation. They will serve him in the millennial kingdom as a priesthood. Uh, that will happen. For God, that's just, that's past history. For us, it's future, but for God, it's it's past. So that should hopefully bring you all comfort when you see the chaos in the world today and you see all this hatred against the Jewish people. Know that God uh, will turn that around and the Jewish people will be victorious that many will be saved and they will serve him during the millennial kingdom. Praise the Lord. And that is great news. Oh, Nathan, and also maybe someone is new to our program and this is their first time that they're tuning in. Maybe they missed our past segments. Would you be able to share with them how they might be able to get a hold of those resources? Yeah, yeah. Well, you've tuned in The Truth Will Set You Free, the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We believe that the signs of the times point to his imminent return. And so we anxiously await why we do, we proclaim his return. We want everyone to get saved in this time. And uh, so, uh, yes, thank you for tuning in. If you want to know more about Lamb and Lion Ministries, check out our website at christinprophecy.org. You can go to all major Christian networks and watch our TV show, Christ in Prophecy. And you can even download the Lamb and Lion app. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nate, for sharing that. Yeah, we've been making our way through the book of Ezekiel. We were making finishing chapter 44. Just very exciting chapter, right, Nathan, in terms of the priests, their responsibilities, how they are to groom themselves. And we had a little bit of fun with that on our last episode when we were talking about these pastors today that work up a sweat when it comes to serving God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, some of these uh, more Pentecostal pastors, they, they do get kind of sweaty. But it's interesting that the, the clothing, the linen clothing that we read about in chapter 44 that the Jewish priesthood will wear is meant to be cool and comfortable, fashionable, but uh, still relaxing. And it's so we had, a, I think, a very good conversation about what the Lord expects us in the way of dress and all. Uh, it's neat that, you know, as humans, 
we've had Jewish priesthood, we've had the church priesthood and Catholic priesthood, all these different priesthoods create all these human rules. And what did Jesus say when he talked to Pharisees and Sadducees? He said that that your religion is, is, is basically your, your religion's man-made. It's not what I wanted. You added all these rules and regulations. And when we get to the millennial temple, we see what Jesus would do with the temple, how he would set it up, how he would cut through all the human nonsense that we add, all the workspace nonsense we add to religion, and just show what worship will be like during that time period. That's a template we can look at. Oh, that is fantastic. And that's why we're going to pick it up in chapter 44, the beginning of verse 20 through 25. In case someone doesn't have a Bible, you are more than welcome to follow along with us as we continue in this very exciting chapter in Ezekiel chapter 44. Nathan, would you be able to open us up there reading verses 20 uh, through 23? And I'll do 24 and 25 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Okay, speaking of the Jewish priesthood, they shall neither shave their heads nor let their hair grow long, but they shall keep their hair well trimmed. No priest shall drink wine when he enters the inner court. They shall not take a wife uh, as wife, a widow or a divorced woman, but take virgins of the descendants of the house of Israel, of widows or priests, of priests. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. Verse 24, in controversy, they shall stand as judges and judge it according to my judgments. They shall keep my laws and my statutes in all my appointed meetings, and they shall hallow my Sabbaths. They shall not defile themselves by coming near a dead person only for father or mother, for a son or daughter, for brother or unmarried sister may defile themselves. Again, Nathan, another set of things here that the priests needed to uh, be aware of and also the importance of their conduct. Yeah, and it's interesting because we, we've got kind of a blend here. We've got Old Testament law mixed with church age grace. You know, um, obviously there's going to be rules for how a priesthood should work, right? I mean, you expect that there's going to be dress rules, uh, life rules, marriage rules, uh, and it's, it's a cleanliness thing. It's about presenting themselves as, as pure and holy. They're examples of the Lord. That's really why the Lord picked the Jewish people. They were meant to be examples of God. People would say, hey, you know, there's something different about the Jewish people. They really love Yahweh God. I want to know more about him. But they failed miserably time and time again. And so we see this kind of the pseudo Old Testament, New Testament lifestyle of the Jewish priesthood during the millennial kingdom, where they serve the Lord. And these are kind of the rules and regulations that they have. I'm, I'm actually rather surprised how Old Testament some of it is, you know, like Perron's avoiding the dead persons. That was considered ceremonially unclean at the time. Well, they're going to do that again. Or they can only marry virgins. They can't marry divorcees or widows. Uh, so there's some elements here that you know, as a church age saint, I'm scratching my head and I'm like, oh, wow, that kind of sounds Old Testament. But then you get these other verses that talk about how they shall keep my laws and my statutes and my meetings and hallow the Sabbaths. In other words, they're doing the right things internally. They're, they're, they love the Lord. They love his law and they serve all the Gentile nations of the world in service to him like they were meant to. So it's almost like we get a chunk of the Old Testament moved in the millennial kingdom so that the Jewish people could get it right finally. Know what I mean? No. Yeah, Nathan, and, and I think the Bible is just full of reminders throughout uh, 
the Old Testament, the New Testament, even into the future, God wants us to remember certain things because they are very important. And that's why he put them there. And that's why the Bible continues to remind us every time we read through the Old Testament or New Testament. I know me personally, Nathan, I just turned uh, 43. Uh, oh, no, wait, I'm, I'm actually 55. Oh, no. <laughs> you see, I forget things. Don't we forget things, Nathan? So we need to be reminded. <laughs> You must be very forgetful if you still think you're 43. <laughs> <laughs> well, and th that was kind of like a joke, Nathan, because sometimes people say, why does the Bible continue to repeat certain things over and over again? And I say, because we have a tendency to forget things. So God puts things in his word, present, past, and future, so that we can see the things that are important, like living holy, right, Nathan, not getting drunk, not um, misrepresenting God. Those things are still important today. Absolutely, because as Christians, because the word Christians means Christ-like or Christ-bearer, we, like the Jewish people in the Old Testament, are Christ representatives on this earth, and how we live matters. Uh, our ministry released a video this week, one of our prophetic perspective short videos, asking, can the church be gay? You know, because there's so many churches out there now in the liberal bent who believes that homosexuality should be accepted as if the Bible doesn't condemn it, and it does. And the the reason that, that we made that video is because, hey, church, wake up. You, you can't misrepresent God. If God says homosexuality is an abomination, adultery, fornication, any sexual impurity is, is impure to God and it ruins your lives, then we can't embrace it. We can't make it part of the church. And so just like the Jewish people, we're failing miserably at being Christ-like, Christ-bearers to the world where they look at us and say, hey, I want to know this Jesus Christ that's changed your life so much. Now, there's always a faithful remnant who achieves that, just like there was during the Old Testament for the Jewish people. But it looks like in the millennial kingdom, it's the Jewish people's chance to finally get it right, to be that representative of the Lord during that time period. You know, Nathan, and, and, and you, you're right. It's like a mixture of the Old Testament and the New Testament, because what stood out at me was verse 21, where it says, no priest shall drink wine when he enters the inner court. And suddenly I had a flashback, if you will, all the way back to the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, chapter 10, verses one through eight, speaking of Nadab and Abihu, some of the mistakes that they made as priests and what the consequences were. Uh, would you be able to journey back there with me, Nathan, to Leviticus chapter 10, as we look at verses uh, 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 one through eight, maybe you can read verses one through four, and I'll read verses from five through eight in case someone don't have a Bible. All right, so Leviticus 10, one through four. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uzziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. 
Verse 5, so they went near and carried them by their uh, tunics out of the camp. And uh, as Moses had said, verse 6, and Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons, do not uncover your heads, uh, nor, nor tear your clothes, lest you die and the wrath uh, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. They shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. For the anointing of oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the words of Moses. And then verse 8 says, Then the Lord said to Aaron, saying, in verse 9, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. And Nathan, I looked at this and it's a statue that they were supposed to keep even unto the future, remaining holy and not being drunk, especially when you're trying to do the work of the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds really harsh, but we got to remember at this time, the Lord was establishing the priesthood. Uh, Aaron, his children, all these people have been slaves in Egypt. They've been worshipers of idols, Egyptian gods. And so the Yahweh God reveals himself to them out in the desert and teaches them the proper way of relationship with him. It's got to be holy. It's got to be right. It's There's steps to it, you know. I mean, God is the God of the universe. He's like a raging fire. You just can't walk up to him and, and do whatever you want. You know, there's there's a holiness that, that must be there. And, and Nadab and Abihu, they didn't care. They just wanted to do whatever. And it's it sounds harsh, too, when the Lord tells Aaron, hey, you're not allowed to weep over their deaths. Because if you do, then I got to make an example of you, too. So it, we got to remember, this is the establishment of the priesthood. So they had to get it right because subsequent generations needed to learn from them. And we learn, and I'm glad you brought Leviticus 10 up, Vic, because, it, again, it points to Ezekiel 44 that the exact same way. This is a chance for the Jewish people to do the law right as the Lord commanded. And we can go back to Leviticus 10 and say, oh, yeah, that's exactly what the Lord said. It hasn't changed in the in the millennial kingdom the Jewish people will have to abide by the same rules and get it right this time. Yeah, Nate, and as we go back there to uh, Ezekiel 44, notice in verse 23, again, it says, And they shall teach my people the difference between holy and unholy, and cause them to discern between unclean and, 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 and the clean. Uh, in other words, the, the responsibility of the teachers, the, the, the priests, pastors, leaders, evangelists, is to be able to instruct people in the truth and what's right and what's wrong, what's holy and unholy. Just like you mentioned, Nathan, the church has a responsibility. Christianity have a responsibility. We cannot live loose lives as we please and say, well, I'm covered by the grace of God. Because again, God is a jealous God and we need to recognize that he will not let us uh, 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 misrepresent him or he will punish or correct or oftentimes bring judgment, as we notice here on these individuals. Yeah, and we got to remember, it's for the purpose of restoring a right relationship with him. There's a right way to have a relationship with the God of the universe and a wrong way. And, you know, it's a shame that like little children, you know, when we had our children were tiny, 
You had to tell them every little thing. Don't do this. Don't do that. I have to spank you if you do that. You know, you have to tell them every little thing. And that's what the Lord was doing here in Leviticus 10. He's like, hey, you're like, you have, no, you guys don't know the proper way. You've been slaves for 400 years. Let me teach you the way. Oh, you're going to disobey? Well, I have to make an example so that you guys learn the right way. In the millennial kingdom, it's the same thing. There will be children born to these tribulation saints. Matter of fact, some believe that even though the population will be really small at the beginning of the millennial kingdom, by the end, it could be as much as 20 billion people living on the earth. Long lives, you know, uh, good health, no sicknesses. Uh, you could have many, many children over hundreds of years. I mean, the earth population, well, it'd probably be even bigger than 20 billion. There'd be plenty of food and land for everybody. That's not a problem. But like little children, these people still need to make a choice for the Lord or not. And the Jewish priesthood have got to get it right this time. Now, they'll have us, our, the saints and our glorified bodies, teaching and administrating and, and being the kings and queens of the earth as, as the Lord promised us. But again, the Jewish people have been preserved to be that priesthood during that time, to take the Gentile world up to see Jesus Christ. And there's a proper way of doing things. And that's what he's teaching them. Very good point, Nate. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into a Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 44 in a message uh, that we have uh, titled Holy Ministers and, and the importance of being holy. So, Nathan, you made a very good point. 20 billion plus people <coughs> possibly could be living in the time of the millennia. Can you imagine uh, if there wasn't order, if there wasn't proper teaching and training, what chaos uh, would be? And verse 24 of Ezekiel 44 uh, talks about the issues that are going to be at hand. It says, in controversy, they shall stand as judges and judge it accordingly to my judgments. Uh, they shall keep my laws and my statutes and all my appointed meetings, and they shall hallow the Sabbath. Nathan, very important here because it's in controversy. Nate, you and I have had the opportunity to sometimes visit courts. Uh, maybe some of us have been called to jury duty, right, Nathan? <laughs> and it's an yeah. opportunity, an opportunity to stand in controversy. And, and sometimes we have to stand in and tell the truth uh, 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 the way that, you know, it is prescribed. Yeah, I, I was in a jury duty recently in a criminal case that lasted four days. And when it came to deliberation, we deliberated for three hours. And we had this one particular juror who she didn't think what the person did was wrong. She's like, well, you know, back in my home country, this isn't an issue. So I don't see a problem with it. I don't think we should convict the person. And, I, and the rest of us were shocked. We're like, well, the law of the land states that this is wrong. And the law of the land says that this person should go to jail for this amount of time for doing this. And we knew the law and the judge gave us the law and the courts gave us the law and they gave us guidelines to make a decision. So it wasn't a matter of what well, we thought or what other countries might think, but what does the, the law say in the United States that, well, we ended up convincing her that, well, you can't make the decision based on what you want. It's got to be what, what the law says. And that's the same, that that's why the law exists, to tell us the difference between right and wrong. And so during the millennial kingdom, the Jewish priesthood will also act as a judgeship. So if there's controversy between somebody, they'll go to the, the Jewish judge and say, hey, well, the judge knows the law. They've been trained in it. And they can say, okay, 
This is what the law says, not what you think or what you want, but what the law says. And brother, I think why we live in such chaotic, anarchist times is because we have too many people running around making the law unto themselves, right? They, they're the ones who decide what should be right and wrong. They're the ones who, who make the law for themselves. But there's, <laughs> that's not making the law. There is a, the law. There's the law of God, and then there's the law of, of, of our country. And that is meant to teach us the difference between right and wrong. And so, yeah, I, it blows my mind that, that Kamala Harris, you know, true, don't get me started on that woman, but she had said to a student who asked about the situation in Palestine, she says, well, that's your truth. As if truth was something that you created inside yourself and believed in, whether it was real or not. But we're reading here in the Bible, there is the way the truth, the life, that's Jesus Christ, and his law is the only law, and that's what we should conform ourselves to. Nathan, what a great point. I find this sometimes almost uh, 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 humorous and sad when you go to courtrooms and you go to so many places and they pick up a Bible and they make you swear upon the Bible, yet they don't want to believe in the Bible. And that's how crazy, how far we stray from the Word of God. Yes, yes. Well, because everybody wants to do whatever they want to do, right? So you have to create the, the law in your own image to get away with whatever you want. I mean, it, it, it's a no-brainer that abortion is evil. You know, it's a murdering of a human being. Yet we, as a society, justify it and try to find ways around it to support our sexual promiscuity and, and not have uh, uh, responsibility for our actions. But in the end, we're, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to be judged for our sins. And the difference is whether you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and are saved and had that, that record expunged, washed away, you know, made holy before the Lord. If not, then you stand before the Lord guilty, convicted, and the sentence is death, eternal death and hell. Those are the two conditions humans live in. We're either saved and are going to have eternal life or we're not saved and we're heading to hell. There's no in between there. Nathan, and that, that's a very uh, sobering thing, and that's why we want to encourage any of you that are part of our program today as we look at Ezekiel chapter 44. There's a lot here that we still need to take to heart. Oftentimes, people think that the millennium is going to be a, a perfect place where there's not going to be any sin or any issues or corruption, but yet the Bible teaches differently. Uh, some people have a mentality like the Jehovah's Witness where they preach this uh, amazing millennial place on earth with no problems or no issues. Well, the reality is when we get to the perfect heaven, that's when things will be perfect. But even during the millennium, that's why this temple is established to have order uh, in the land. Much like today, God makes the rules, uh, God makes the laws, and we are to follow them. God also prescribed how an individual can make it to heaven, how they can get in. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. And that rule still stands. And if you're part of this program today and you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, listen, we want to give you an opportunity to consider your ways, to know how much God loves you. He allowed you to be part of this program, not by coincidence, but by divine appointment, because he loves you and has a plan for your life. So Nathan, maybe there's an individual right now contemplating a relationship with God. They've come to recognize that they need to turn in a different direction towards God. How might they start that journey even today? 
Well, you have to get yourself right with Jesus Christ. That's the, the only way. Uh, like we read John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. In other words, you can't work your way to heaven. You can't follow Buddha or Muhammad or Confucius to get to heaven. Uh, it's There is a heaven. It's not like you're an atheist who says, well, I'll just disappear. No, the Bible teaches, the law teaches. The, the lawgiver has told us what reality is, what truth is. Not our truth, but his truth. And his truth that we are all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. That the wages of our sin is death, but but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's why I love Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Whereas with your heart you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Now, spend the time. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior yet, then pray from your heart, Jesus Christ, you are Lord. Please forgive me for my sins. I am a sinner. And I want you to be the Savior and Lord of my life. Jesus mm. will forgive you of your sins. Your guilt will be washed away. And you will inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord. Hey, and if you have decided to follow Jesus and you pray that prayer uh, to just open your heart to him, we would love to rejoice with you. Nathan Jones and myself, we would love to send you a Bible and study guide so that you may grow in your relationship with the Lord. You can contact us at 305-992-9537. Uh, go to ChristinProphecy.org. And we will, again, just love to rejoice with you. We also want to encourage you, find a good Bible teaching church. Let them know that you gave your life to Jesus and that you want to be baptized and continue to grow in his grace. We will be so excited uh, to hear that. And Nathan, what a wonderful gift that is when God opens the heart of someone so that they can come to know him personally. Absolutely. Uh, Jesus calls all to repentance. He wants all to be saved. Not everyone will be saved, but he would like all to be saved. If you haven't accepted Christ yet, then today could be your day of salvation. Praise the Lord. And we're so excited uh, for those of you that continue to pray for the lost as we do. And that we pray that God will continue to use you mightily in these last days. Well, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May you continue to grow in his grace. Have a wonderful day. Him should not perish, but have eternal life.